Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. You don't have to wait to hit bottom to take action. You don't have to wait for there to be so much pain in your life that you literally can barely function. And here's the other thing, is that you don't have to wait to get everything all figured out. Taking action isn't complicated. We make it complicated because we're like, well, what is she gonna say? And what is he gonna do? And how are they gonna respond? You know what, there just comes a point at which we just say, I'm just gonna take a step and I'm just gonna do something about this. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Throughout history, people have longed to understand what God's will is for their life. We often struggle with difficult questions and decisions related to our families, careers, our hopes and dreams, and our futures. Sometimes when faced with challenges and hardships in life, our faith can be tested and it becomes hard to understand what God wants us to do. Fortunately for us, the Bible offers many great lessons and encouragement to help us through these difficult times. One great example can be found in the life of Joseph. In this sermon series, we'll be examining the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis to uncover the main theme of God's faithfulness even when life doesn't go our way. Please enjoy the message. Going off the rails right now. You want to know how that happens? There has to be an awakening that takes place, a waking up. And you start to realize like, oh, if I keep doing this, this is really going to affect him. This is really going to affect her. This is really going to affect my kids. This is really going to affect this company that I work for. If I keep doing this, some things are going to fall apart. What am I doing? He came to his senses. It's like waking up. It's hard to wake up sometimes. I've got, a, uh, I've, got a, I've got an alarm clock at my home. It's called the Clocky. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these, seen them advertised. It's an alarm clock with wheels. So the alarm clock goes off and it's meh, 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 and then it starts rolling. And it's like catching a chicken. I mean, the thing is just rolling everywhere. You, you really can't catch it. Or by the time you do catch it, well, you're awake and I'm awake. And at that point, we're just going to get on with the rest of our day because we don't like... Let's just be honest. We don't like coming to our senses. We don't always like the waking up. But if we don't, there's people around you. Catch this. There's people around you that are affected by your blindness and my blindness and my disconnection from reality. Like Jonah. Jonah's called to go to Nineveh, but Jonah, Jonah's a racist. And, and, and in fairness to Jonah, I mean, the Ninevites had been absolutely cruel to the Israelites. And God says, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. It'd be like, God may not speak to you. He's not going to speak to you like that. Most likely what he's going to do is he's going to open up the word. You're going to open up the word and God's going to say, forgive because you've been forgiven. God's going to say, tend to the least of these because whatever you do to them, you've done to me. So, so God has given you, just like God gave Jonah that same message. And God said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah says, no, no, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish. I'm going to go to the end of the world. I'm going to go to that distant country because I, I do not want to tell them about who you are because you might actually have mercy on them when they've had no mercy on us. So Jonah gets on a boat. The ship's going to Tarshish. A storm comes upon the boat, but it's not any storm. No, no, this is the worst storm this crew has ever faced. They're throwing cargo overboard. They're doing everything they, think they can to keep the boat afloat. And they're praying to their gods. And all the while, Jonah's in the hole of the ship asleep. 
Let me read to you two verses from Jonah 1. Jonah had gone down below the deck where he lay down. He fell into a deep sleep. And the captain went to him and he said, How can you sleep? Get up. Call on your God. Maybe he will notice us and we will not perish. He grabs a hold of Jonah. He says, Jonah, wake up. And they don't know it, but Jonah knows. What is going on in that moment is happening because of Jonah's disobedience, because he's asleep. And for some of you, maybe your kid is like grabbing you. I mean, they're not, but 10 years from now they will. They're grabbing you and they're saying, pay attention to me. Quit looking at your phone. Why didn't you hold me accountable? Why didn't you walk me through my different math studies? Why didn't you talk me through that reading lesson? I didn't comprehend it. And it wasn't the teacher's fault. It's your fault. You didn't pay attention. Wake up. I'm seeing it now. I see it all over the place. Just parents just checked out. Checked out. And they want to medicate everything. And we want to blame everybody. And the reality is it's like, wake up. We got to wake up. Pay attention to our kids. You pay attention to the kid, guess what? They aren't going to be on a screen. We're all worried about screens. Guess what? If you pay attention to the kid, I pay attention to my kids, they aren't on screens. We're like wandering around. We actually play a game. Do something like that. Wake up. They're saying. Or maybe it's like your wife is saying to you, wake up. I've got these emotions. I've got these concerns inside of me. I've got these things going on. I need you to relate to them. And your wife is saying to you as a husband, wake up. And if you don't wake up, there's going to be consequences. There's going to be a storm. Or maybe you, your husband is saying to you, wake up, I need some affection. I walk out this house, I, I look at a screen, I do anything, there's temptation thrown at me, wake up. You know who I know is absolutely telling you to wake up? It's you, 15 years from now. That version of you 15 years from now is saying, stop doing that. Wake up. Wake up. If you keep taking us down this path, do you know what this is going to do to our lives? If you, if you don't wake up, do you know where we're going to end up? Do you know all the consequences that we have to deal with now? Wake up now. Like now is your chance. Now is the opportunity to have that sudden awakening. That version of you 15 years from now is trying to get a hold of you. And that version is saying, get, get off of whatever it is that you, that you are addicted to. That version of you is saying, yeah, you need to get into church. You need to get connected to the Lord. I'm telling you, you do that. So many good things come of that. Yeah, I know skiing's fun, but that version of you 15 years from now, that's paying for all the surgeries and the arthritis and whatever else you got going on from, from accidents. Now, that version isn't worrying about that ski trip. That version of you is saying, you know what? You need to get your values, your integrity straight. You need to have your faith right. Wake up. We got to wake up. And it's in the midst of these storms and these challenges that God speaks to us. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. 
Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. C.S. Lewis said it this way. God whispers in our pleasures, he speaks to us in our conscience, and he shouts in our pain, because that's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And this son, who has gone off to the distant country, is finally hearing, he's finally hearing, he's coming to his senses, he's awakened, and then he begins to develop a plan of what it's going to look like when he talks to his dad. Like, how's he going to, how's he going to let, he doesn't even, I don't even think he cares if the dad judges him. I don't even think he cares if the dad punishes him. He just wants the father to bring him back into the fold because he can't tend to pigs anymore. So he says, I'll set out. I'll go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned. And we'll come back to that. I have sinned against heaven and against you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Do you see the progression there? He went from give me because he had a life in mind to now make me because he doesn't want the life that he had in mind. When we release the life that we have in mind for ourselves, then we can experience at that point the life that God has in mind for us. When we stop going to God and always saying, give me, give me, give me because I know what's best. Instead, it's like, you know what? I don't. Lord, make me. Just make me, because what you offer, I know to the world it's not as sexy, it's not as flashy, and it doesn't resolve every single pleasure and desire that I've got, but, but when you make me, everything, who you want me to be, everything is taken care of the way that you see fit. And in this moment, he says, I have sinned. It's brutal honesty. And Jesus said that with brutal honesty, you know what? Some amazing things that can take place. Because it's there that there's truth. In John 8, he said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth. And the truth will judge you. The truth will condemn you. The truth will hurt you. The truth will set you free. And it will set me free. And so he says there, I will set out and I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to say, I have sinned. And he wants to take full responsibility for what it is that he has done. I have a friend of mine who just had this kind of discussion with me. Several months ago, he calls, kind of out of the blue. And he says what he's never said before. I think everything's okay. I'm expecting it to be just a little check-in, give him a little pat on the back. Hey, man, glad everything's going well. He didn't say, I've sinned. He said, I'm an alcoholic. And I'm ruining my life. My wife doesn't want anything to do with me. My kids are too young to really know what's going on, but they know something's up. I said, well, 
how significant is it? Like, have you been abusive? Do you got some self-control? Have you, has there been unfaithfulness? What's happening? He's like, no, none of that. Every night they go to bed and I start drinking and I don't stop until I black out. He said, just a week ago, I was walking down the hall. I drank so much, I just passed out, smashed my face on a tile floor, fractured, fractured it. He said, I just have to get it together because if I don't, I'm gonna lose everything. And the doctor had a very honest conversation with him too. He said, if you don't stop this, you will be dead in a couple years. It's hard to say I'm an alcoholic. It's hard, it's hard to be honest. I'll tell you what's really hard. Look again at what he says, Luke 15 here. I will set out, I'm gonna go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. You know what we often follow that up with, but I've sinned against heaven and you, I've sinned, but we might say it like this. I know I shouldn't have spoken to you that way, but you should have seen the way my dad treated me. I, I, I know I shouldn't have changed the numbers on that report, but my boss is so unreasonable. I, I know, I, I know I shouldn't have gotten into that conversation with that other man, but you, you should just see the fact that my husband doesn't even pay attention to me. I, I know I shouldn't have plagiarized, but everybody plagiarizes. I, I know I shouldn't have. I know I sinned, but he doesn't do that. He's so low and he's, he's come to his senses. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter how, how hard his, brother was on, his older brother was on him, and he certainly was. It doesn't matter all the things that the father wouldn't let him go and just do. It doesn't matter. We like to blame everybody else. We just need to take responsibility and say, I've sinned against you, against heaven and God. That's where change happens. It's an awakening. There's honesty. He came to his senses. Verse 20, he got up. He decided to take action. Isn't that the hardest thing? My friend that I was just telling you about, you know the thing that he's struggling with right now is taking action. Because after we had that conversation a few months ago and he was just in dire straits, you know, I prayed with him, I encouraged him, all those things. And yet he still kept drinking. And he went ahead and had that violent outburst. A, and he just verbally, ver, verbally violent. And he just went off on his wife, exaggerated all these different aspects of their relationship. And she said, I'm out, I'm done, I can't do this. She's not a Christian woman. She's just looking at her situation and saying, I'm miserable and I don't wanna be here anymore and I'm taking the kids. And so now he's at a place where he's saying he's gonna take action, but it's hard to. He's saying he's gonna get it together, but it's tough to do that. You wanna know why it's so hard? I'll tell you why, a couple things. We want the timing to be perfect, but here's the thing. There is no perfect time to take action. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, 
Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. The prodigal son, he could have said, ah, just, I'm going to wait till the se- when the season's right. I'm, I'm going to wait until I can have a good uh, re-impression with my father. Get some decent clothes. I'm going to wait until time, the timing's never right. When you're starving, the storm's around you, and you don't really have any margin. There is no time to get it all straight. And often for us, we still want to enjoy one more drink, one more pleasurable moment, one more conversation. We want to get one more bonus. But then bottom hit, we hit the bottom. You don't have to, here's the other thing, you don't have to wait to hit bottom to take action. You don't have to wait for there to be so much pain in your life that you literally can barely function. And here's the other thing is that you don't have to wait to get everything all figured out. Taking action isn't complicated. We make it complicated because we're like, well, what is she going to say? And what is he going to do? And how are they going to respond? You know what? There just comes a point at which we just say, I'm just going to take a step and I'm just going to do something about this. Taking action isn't complicated. If you know what to do and you don't do it, actually, Jesus, actually, James, from the scriptures, Jesus' brother says this, that whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. And so the brother, the son, the prodigal son, he decides to take action. And how does the father respond? Verse 20, while he, the prodigal son, was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. Not, not anger, not frustration, not judgment, compassion for him. He ran to his son, a very disgraceful act in this particular time, but the father doesn't care. His love is extravagant. And he throws his arms around him and he kisses him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He goes through this whole speech. He probably says it too fast. And the father just interrupts him. And he says to his servants, he's like, shh, quick, go, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. What's amazing is that when we have these moments when we return to God, and maybe that's the moment that you need to have even today, nothing has to die. Because Jesus Christ already died for us. And he rose from the grave. 
And he says, let's have a feast and celebrate. Because this son of mine who was dead is alive again and he was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. And, and maybe, and maybe that's a journey that you need to take. Maybe you need to return from that distant country. And yeah, I know your, your entire life may not be a, a mess, but if you can imagine it like a dresser and you got different drawers of that dresser, yeah, maybe people can see three of those drawers, but there's a fourth one, there's a fifth one that nobody can get in. It's your secret. It's your thing. And that's the one that you got to open up and allow God to grab a hold of. And you need to return back from that distant country and give him all of yourself. You need to come to him. There isn't going to be judgment. Instead, it's love, it's mercy, and he's waiting. He's waiting for you. There's a woman I know of who dealt with what many of you have had to deal with and maybe are dealing with, an aging parent. She got to a point with her father that she had to put him in an assisting living facility. He was on his own. Her mother had already passed away. And, and one of the reasons he had to go into this facility was because he was beginning to lose his memory. He, could, he just couldn't remember what was going on. And, and you know how challenging that can be with, with different medications that you have to take and, and, and tending to your home. So she puts him into this facility. And, and some of the advice that she was given was keep things as consistent as you possibly can because as you do that, uh, it allows him to have some stability and he can recollect and remember some of what it is that, that he needs to do and what it is that he can expect. And so every Sunday after church, she would go visit her father. And sure enough, just as she was pulling up, she would see him in the window like he had just gotten there. Because he knew, he just knew, somehow he knew that she was going to be coming, she was going to be coming to see him. And they would have a conversation and, and they would spend time together. And, and she noticed that over the course of about a year, his memory gradually was fading. But, but he was still, but somehow he would still remember that she would be coming. And so he would wait for her every Sunday. Sometimes she got there right at the exact same time. Sometimes it was a little later, but, but somehow he was always there whenever she arrived. And, and eventually she got up the courage one day to say, Father, Daddy, I, I, I know you know that you don't quite remember time and days as well as you used to, but how do you always know to be waiting by that window on Sunday afternoons when I get here? And he said, he said, honey, I'm always waiting by the window when you get here. I'm always looking for you. I can't wait for you to come and see me. Every day, all day, I'm always watching. And your heavenly father does that for you as well. And the amazing thing also is, is he kind of has a case of dementia too. He has a, he has a tendency to forget our sins as we confess them to him and to bestow on us his love and his compassion and his mercy when we're willing to return home to him from that distant country and maybe maybe just maybe that's something that you need to do today second corinthians tells us i tell you now is the time of god's favor now is the day of salvation and Hebrews tells us, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Respond. 
And now what are you waiting for? Acts 22. Get up, be baptized, wash away your sins, call on his name. And you may not quite need to take that step, but I'll tell you this, what are you waiting for? It's a pretty appropriate question. And so after the service, we're gonna, I'll be in the wait, I'll be in our next step room waiting. If anybody needs prayer or needs somebody to talk, or you need to be, you need to talk to somebody. Our elder, we'll have an elder over there as well. Somebody to pray with you just to encourage you. Maybe you need to take that step to make Jesus Christ your, your savior. Or maybe you just need to take a step to release what it is that you've got going on and really return back and receive from the father what he would have for you because we're all prodigals in one way or another. Let's pray, and our team's gonna lead us to one more song. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. And thank you, Lord, that you're always waiting, not with judgment and condemnation, but Father, unbelievably with grace and compassion. And so we come to you now in the name of Jesus. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.